0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, welcome everybody. It's time to open up the locker room on a terrific Fat Guy Friday before Sunday night square off with the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, this is Craig Wolfley. You got Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, but we have neither. Max, Max Starks, nor do we have the other ninjas, but we got one ninja and all you need is one ninja if you're going to make it work. And that, of course, would be the Jacob ninja. And Jacob, it's good to have you in the locker room, my friend. Well, when if I'm you in the replace... locker room
1: every day, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what do you mean I'm, I'm now I, in the locker room? I'm well, always
0: here. I know, but just you're shifting seats a little bit, even though your seat is still remaining the same. It's hard to picture, folks. You gotta understand that all that the ninjas do and are capable of doing, they're pretty magnificent people here, very talented performers. So thank you for joining me, even though you always join me every day that we're doing this show. How's that? That's Does that makes sense now.
1: Now, see, now you give yourself some time to think about it. You always, you know, you're always so eager to just to give praise to others, Wolf. And I love that about you, but come on, man. I'm always here. I'm, I'm, I'm now happy you to be in front of the mic. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's also not pretend like this is the first time. Let's go back to training camp no. when it was me, you and Tom.
0: That's true. That's true. Then it was double teamed by the ninjas. Yeah. You, you were, know? You were outnumbered is... that day.
1: Now you got a little <laughs> no. even, even footing.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. So my friend, I thank you so much and appreciate you so very much. Well, the first thing, you know, I, I look at this game, you got the Seattle Seahawks, and again, coming into town, I'm, I, I'm excited. You know, they're a two and three team. They're a team that's lost. Uh, they beat uh, they beat the Colts and 49ers, and they've lost to the Titans, Vikings, and Rams. Um, this is a team uh, that uh, I think coming off of uh, what we saw last week, it gives me excitement when you think about it, because you've got a team that is last and giving up the most. Yards in the NFL, uh, they they're near the last in giving up rushing yards. So Jacob, I think in my mind, you know, this is a this is another opportunity to take another step forward for that burgeoning rushing attack of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah, I mean, we know how bad the Seattle defense is. It, not it is just a completely different team from the the one that we saw go to back to back Super Bowls nearly a decade ago, and it's just kind of questionable that with Pete Carroll still there that they were able to take this big of a fall I mean especially when you consider they still have Bobby Wagner who is the one remaining piece from those Super Bowl teams and you have they brought in Jamal Adams who was a bigger contributor on the rush stop and and, and blitzing packages and he was an actual uh secondary coverage scheme so you would think this defense would be in good hands but that's certainly not the case and we had said on on our show with me and Tom on the Steelers Standard earlier today that last week Najee Harris had his breakout performance of the year so far, but this week going up against the Seattle defense and on primetime Sunday Night Football, we said th- we think this is the game where Najee Harris establishes himself as probably the second best rookie so far other than jamar chase and, and 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 certainly one of the best running backs overall in the league we think this is his statement game after having his breakout game last week
0: you know i think i, I like where you're heading with this and one of the things that I, I find fascinating is if you go back to matt canada talking on uh I, you know the coordinator uh thursday whatever I, yesterday wow boy, the days just run one into another. Of course that happens when you've got crushed synapses <laughs> in your head, but you know, you got, you got uh, Matt Canada talking about the fact that he challenged specific guys on the offensive mm-hmm. line, which is beautiful. All right. So you're going to go by name. You're going to say, Hey, Chukes, you know, this is you and Von Miller. Okay. Are you going to be the, uh, the Von killer, or are you going to be the one that, uh, you know, is, is, is on the downside of that? And, and Chuk stood up and, and did a great job in this past game. Um, you know, I'm sure he, he called out some other guys. So now the question is when, when Matt Canada says, I called you out, you took a step forward. Now don't take a step back. In my mind, he's saying, All right, we got to move ahead with the rushing attack again, just like we did this past week. But the next step forward is about being more complimentary with the passing game coming along as well. So I, I like it. I think what you're you're on is you're, you're right on as far as talking about Najee. We saw Najee do some uh, absolutely phenomenal things. You know, you open a hole up and that cat sprints through and he's already in the secondary at the third level before you can even say, wow, look at that guy run. You know, yeah. so the fact is I'm, I'm looking forward for my, more contributions from Najee in the statement. A game that you're talking about, you and Tom were talking about.
1: Absolutely. He he's shown and it, it wasn't even up until last week. We saw in flashes uh through the first four weeks of the season that Najee Harris is capable of being an NFL caliber player. We saw in the preseason uh, that one game, I I, I forget which one it was. I have a feeling it was the Detroit game when he was playing alongside all the starters when he was hurdling guys and everyone's saying, that's awesome, but don't do that now in the preseason where you can hurt yourself. Do it when it really counts in the regular season. So we knew he was capable. And as Max has said many times before, it's going to take a couple of weeks for this team to start clicking. And that's exactly what you saw. Max was spot on with that assessment because they had their best offensive game, and not only did it come in the form of Najee Harris, but you saw what it does when you have a, a capable run game. How it helps your passing game, how it keeps the defense on its toes, guessing. Well, are they going to go with Najee? Or are they going to throw the ball fifty yards down the field to chase Claypool, or Deontay Johnson? So you see what it can do when you bring in a guy like Najee Harris how it can help your team overall, not just in the run game. But, yeah, I'm right there with you, Wolf, that you have to make sure that along with Najee Harris, the pieces surrounding him are also clicking or also on the same page of, of getting ahead of the ball, and that starts with the offensive line.
0: You're exactly right. You know, look, this is, this is where it's at for me, you know I mean, because I love a good rushing attack. Back mm-hmm. in the day when we had Franco Harris and we were going at it, there was nothing better than being able to run the ball and pound the ball because that's imposing your will and you are now determining what the defense can do. Plus, it's like um, a code red beatdown from a few good men, you know, mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. Well, the truth is if you can out-physical your opponent, then you can – absolutely do the things you want to do especially later in the game when you watch their body language when they're getting off the turf rather slow when they're starting to argue in the huddle when they're cussing each other out and so forth in the huddle and on the sidelines because of the fact they're get they're taking a whooping out there well the steelers ran if you go back to denver they ran 26 plays on first down okay now out of that out of out of those 26 plays mm-hmm. 21 were uh were they ran the football on 21 of those 26 first downs, you know, and I love that because now you go out there and you have that opportunity to really pound away. Now I'd like to see a little more disparity, a little 50-50 pass and run just because I like to keep the defense guessing. You know, when you can make those defensive linemen have to go through their rundown keys to get to their pass rush keys, it slows down their pass rush, mm-hmm. you know, so if they go from the, to start singing, thinking, "Oh, we got to hunker down, dog here." But the fact is, when you run 21 of 26 times, that's a pretty good beatdown. And out of those 21 times, 10 times you won uh, on first down. All right, so that's four yards or more. And another six times they were within a yard of getting that fourth yard. You know, mm-hmm. so if you got, you take 16 times out of those 26 times, that's a pretty good average of winning on first down, and it makes for shorter third downs and that's what you want that's a go third third and four or less is makeable third downs third and three or less is it's beautiful that's what you want of that course. gives you that opportunity
1: well if i gotta say I'm, I'm impressed i'm gonna steal a word here from you i'm impressed with your mathifications there that, that was a, <laughs> a lot of numbers you threw out there it was tough to keep up with all of them but you you did it man i mean I did not know that was that was the stats and figures from this past Sunday, but hey, man, credit to you for keeping up with all that because I could not do all that math in my head. But you're absolutely right, and and one thing I I, I think I want to challenge you on there is you said you wanted to see more of a fifty fifty with the pass and rush. I right, think right. I think given <laughs> last year with the <laughs> with the ratio of of pass favorable to the rush offense that you saw. That's kind of what the Achilles heel was for the offense last year was how predictable it could be because they weren't respecting the run game at all. Opposing defenses weren't because they knew it was going to be such a non-factor. I think now it's okay if if you don't go 50-50, if you go in favor of the run because These teams are so used to seeing in Ben Roethlisberger's old age short dink and dunk passes where if you're you're running the ball more than 50% of the time that they're going to start to disrespect the pass game and that can allow Ben Roethlisberger to thrive a little more in those dink and dunk passes.
0: Okay, now full disclosure, young buck. Okay, here it is. Okay. Full disclosure is number one. I didn't do the math. The great pop labriola did, because <laughs> you know you'd have to be fact checking me if I was the one doing the math. Yeah, okay? see, usually no. when I'm
1: behind the board, I can do that for you. But now I'm in the trenches here <laughs> with you, so I don't have that chance.
0: Exactly. So, so understand that you that's why I'm qualifying it by saying don't worry about it when bob labriola says that's what it is that's what it is that's okay it is. so i love those stats because now for a guy like me who can't do the math but it tells me exactly what i want to hear all right that 21 of those 26 first downs being run passes those are our run plays that's exactly what i'd like although i said as i said if you could go a little 50-50ish it just keeps the defense guessing. Sure, of what, course. What you love, what yeah, what you love is that defense having to go. Okay, I got to play my rundown keys here, but then when I read through my keys, oh, it's a pass. You know, now I got to mm-hmm. up my game to a pass rush. Well, that's in the middle of the play, so you've already slowed down that pass rush, and that's what you want. Now, the ability to be able to body beat like they've been doing—that's exactly. Um, what, what great football is made of. I mean, you think again of the Jerome Bettis days back in the days of yore when Danny Kreider was a rash on the chest of Ray Lewis with all the lead blocking schemes that they did, but how they were able to maintain once they got that lead that run the run game that would just put the game away that, that's really the essence of the football that I love. Now, I understand we're in a modern era we're in the the ninja era shall we say yeah, of right. of guys like you and Tomo where you know you got a lot of stats you got a lot of metrics and a lot of things to look at but you know still good quality football like what we saw last weekend that is that's an exciting thing to an old guy like me
1: right i mean the numbers don't lie i mean there would be no bob labriola would not have done all that calculation for no reason if it, if, it, if, right. if it if it didn't mean something <laughs>
0: That's exactly so. And I, those I didn't wins are mean, mean first to say, down.
1: I didn't mean to say Bob Lavriola did it and not you. Because I bet if you <laughs> if you took the time, Wolf, you could do it.
0: Well, um, can we just say and leave it at the fact that um, no.
1: <laughs> you were able to read it and make sense of it, though. That's that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. There we go. Now I can tell you exactly so. But that, to me, again, that always goes back to having that great running game, that ability to be able to impose your will. Chuck Noll was so big on that. That was just one of those things that, you know, I grew up on as a player and saw it from the inside out uh, from a great coach who really preached um, that, that, uh, you know, you could will yourself to impose your will. I mean, if you can understand that you will yourself to impose your will. And that's just something that I think we lose in the modern translation a lot of times because with the influx of players, newbies, and the transitionary stages that go through, sometimes, you know, you lose out on some of the, what it is of the very essences that used to kind of run through football with the coaches. And that was a Chuck Knoll mantra that he preached all the time. And so it's very important, again, to have that proper mindset. And we're going to explore more here because what we're going to do, we're going to go to break. And, Jacob, I again, you know, you got to lead the way, my friend, because, you know, you've got – wolf Starks and the ninjas while it's wolf it's jacob wolf and the of the ninjas <laughs> all right espn uh we got i'm sorry espn pittsburgh and steelers nation radio we'll be back after this This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right. Welcome, everybody. We're without Max Starks, who is in Hyannisport at the RFK. That would be the Kennedys. Up there, he's big, big time in it with the Kennedy family on a engulfing, big golf outing. Can you imagine all yeah, you six know what, foot Wolf? eight, three hundred and what's that? He, he
1: he, you say he's big time in there. How about how about the kid? How about the ninja? Big time in it with you. I mean, this is big time for me.
0: Um, I don't think so. But I thank uh, you for your come kindness. Come on, Wolf.
1: This is uh, this is the guy that I grew up listening to on all the Steelers broadcasts since I was able to first remember watching the team. And you're telling me this is not big time.
0: Well, I'm sitting here thinking about you know think about Hyannis Port, the Kennedy Compound, you know RFK RFK Golf Tournament with guys like uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd who have been there in the past and so forth. I just you know you think about it and here's Max at six, eight, 330 pounds go up there and whacking that ball around. It's got to be, I think I think Max on a golf course has got to be a, a, a it's a, goofy a hilarious site. time. Yeah, because he's just such a massive human being, you it know. he's out
1: there with but, Bill Murray, the king of comedy, I mean, you can't get oh, a better duo than that.
0: I just think that would be – yeah, I always thought, you know, if I ever had a chance to the – two, the two Hollywood guys I always thought I would love to meet, one was Bill Murray and the other was Chris Farley. I mean, those were the two guys I thought, man, meeting either one of them would be really cool just because I've just enjoyed what they did, you know, professionally. Uh, what they put on film and so forth. And it's unfortunate with Chris Farley because, you know, Belushi was the third one, you know, that right. man, I mean, that's just, that's a bummer that you lose such great talent like that, but so, so sorry you, about we, it. No, well, what do
1: you think? Do you think, do you think Bill Murray is going to be Max's looper or is Max going to be <laughs> Bill Murray's looper?
0: You know, um, as 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 great as Bill Murray is, I I would have to say he'd have to be the looper for for Max because Max is just that big. <laughs> how many? I, I'd be impressed
1: to know how many Caddyshack lions Max tries to sneak in on the golf course with Bill Murray. Cause if it nah, were I me, that, you got to ask them all I do with my friends and, 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 and with Tom and, and Crowley around the studio is all we do is quote TV shows and movies. And Caddyshack is one of the greatest comedies ever. Right. So it would be impossible for me to resist quoting that movie. If I'm on a golf course with Bo Murray.
0: <laughs> well, well think about this now you just triggered a thought in my head. Okay. All right. Cause we, we, we found out today that there's uh, a couple of guys that have, let's say, uh, they've got uh, nicknames, okay? Mm-hmm. Cam Hayward refers to both uh, Carlos Davis and Isaiah Bugs as knucklehead number two and knucklehead number one. I like that. Which, you know, if you go back to the Browns Week 17 last year. When they got right, in that right, little guys... scrummage, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They had a little bit of whoop whoop whoop, you know, curly Larry and Moe fire, type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> a little friendly fire. Now think about it. If you go to Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, Midnight Midnight Run. Run. Did you ever see that movie? Of course. Yes.
1: Fantastic. Moron
0: number one and moron number two. Remember when the guy was calling of him on course. the phone? Of course. Yeah. And while he's on the phone, the other guy is pretending to punch him mm-hmm. while he's talking to the guy that wants to kill him. <laughs> It was. I thought that was one of the funniest movies and one of the funniest scenes when they were there. And he goes, is "This moron number one, give me moron put, number put two. Put moron
1: two on the phone.
0: <laughs> well, now you got that with Knucklehead One and Knucklehead Two, and I guess Isaiah Bugs is Knucklehead One. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right, now we got to get back to doing some of the um, injury report because yeah, that's going to be important of, coming up.
1: Speaking of Carlos Davis and Isaiah Bugs, Wolf. One of those guys is on that list for the Steelers.
0: Yes, that would be Carlos Davis, who is actually, I believe he's had a couple of back-to-back limited practice days. Mm-hmm. If I look at it, yes, he's had limited practice in the last two days. You know, you take a look at that. I think that's that could be important. I don't know if it, it's going to get him up for the game, but they need to be able to bring him along. He's had that knee. He's missed, uh, what, the past four games, Mm -hmm. and I look at that and I I go, you know what, Um, he's got to get healthier because he does have some of that quick twitch. He can play that nose tackle and he can provide a little more run defense uh, and pass rushing than uh, I think that Isaiah Bugs can. Isaiah does a good job of holding the point at the nose tackle. But I think Carlos Davis has got a little more pass rush to him than does Isaiah Bugs.
1: And when you're already limited to just one Cam Hayward out of three possible guys with Tyson and and, and Steph to it, you're going to need all the help you can get. And I think we can both agree that Carlos Davis is the best option, the, next, the best next guy up when you consider the pool of Carlos Davis, Chris Romley, and Isaiah Bugs. And if you don't have Carlos Davis, then you're really putting yourself Behind the starting
0: line, right. You, you, you're you thin. You're thin at it. Now I will say this, Hank. And I, I love this. Somebody uh texted me the other day. Said we need to call Hank Mondo. We got to call him Moon Hank Moon Dog <laughs> Mondo. Okay. Yeah. I also uh, like. Uh, I've mon- never heard
1: anyone call him Hank Mondo. I'm down to get on, oh, the, yeah. on the Hank train.
0: Yeah, I, I like Hank. I don't know why. I heard somebody call him that, and I'm sure that uh, he doesn't mind. Hank Henry, whatever. But the Moondog, I thought, was pretty good. But, you know, you remember, think about that pass rush. When he threw that spin mm. last week on the Denver right guard, what a great job because when he spun, he was able to come out of that spin gaining ground up the field. A lot of guys, they get caught and not being able to do a high-velocity spin. There's basically right. a couple different types of spins. It's, One of them is yeah. they throw an uppercut. And back in the day when, when we had spins before Dwight Threeney, They would would come up yeah that is but this is the back in the day so what they would do is they'd get up alongside you with that uppercut and try to lift you up and then spin into like more of a a muscle out type of deal Mm -hmm. well dwight Freeney really ushered in the high velocity spin being able to come up and almost spinning before you made contact but being able to gain ground while coming out of it that's the difference between back then in my day and now and what, Hank, uh, what Henry Mondo did, when he put that high-velocity spin on, he just threw something on tape that now you're going to have all these other offensive linemen got to look at and go, oh, man, I've got to. When I have him over me, I've got to give him some ground and be ready for that spin. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a great opportunity then to get your bull rush going. Because if you get a guard sitting on his heels thinking, this guy might throw that spin on me, he's backing up and he's sitting with his weight back boy, you can bull rush him and take him right to the quarterback. So that's really a nice move that, that Hank has added to his repertoire.
1: Yeah, you definitely like to see more of it, and you think with now this depleted Seattle offense that he could probably take advantage of it
0: this week. No question about it. That's one of the things I believe. Look, they've given up, I think, 13 sacks as uh, you know on Russell Wilson. If you look at the, the tape, Russell Wilson at times is is running like crazy for his life. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, Ben not having enough time. But you look at Russell Wilson, who is so mobile, who is so athletic and and able to move around that pocket. Uh, He spends a good deal of time trying to stay out of harm's way or has been prior to, you know, getting that figure all jammed up. Mm -hmm. So this offensive line has not been the greatest offensive line. But. You know, you can take advantage of it. Now, and, it's going in to be interesting. It's going to be
1: Geno Smith, someone who's even less yeah. mobile than, than Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, he's still capable of running around, but he's not Russell Wilson by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So, okay, we, let me get back to uh, Chase Claypool and James Washington because besides Carlos Davis, which is. That's great that Carlos at least is getting limited practice because he hasn't been doing anything as far as practicing. But uh, so I consider it an upgrade. But you got Chase Claypool and James Washington. They were limited yesterday in practice. So, all right, we, we already know that Chase, you know, uh, let's see, he had that uh, hammy. And hammies, the problem with hammies, they're a little tempestuous. They're a little bit d- disgruntled. You know, you don't know what a hammy is really feeling like until you start to open it up near a hundred percent, you know, it takes a while. And so I wonder where he's at. I hope he's, he's good because they need chase Claypool. Like you ain't kidding, man.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, and I expect them to, to, I know it's, it's going to be kind of a pain in the neck for him to deal with, but I don't think it's going to be anything that would keep him out of the game. I mean, I, I don't have the, the injury report right now in front of me, but I, I was looking at it earlier today, and I think he was only slightly limited. And I think that was more so of a precautionary thing, not because it was the injury was getting worse.
0: You know, that's a good idea, you know I mean? Because you look at it, they also had James Washington – was limited yesterday in practice. So think about it. And that's, and
1: that's with the, the the looming groin injury that's plaguing the entire team, not just him.
0: Yeah, the the groin demic that, that's the occurring down there. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like you said, if I was the coaches, I'd be limiting Chase Claypool, James Washington, because now with Juju down. Exactly. And I know you got other guys stepping up, but that's that's not a bad idea to be a little protective and shut them down. Try to keep the reps more to a minimum than a maximum i understand you want to be able to make sure that these guys are getting the reps and they're ready to go but you know that you gotta at times take it take a guy out from the reps he's absorbing because that's just um the predilection to setting you up for a little more injury could be uh could be set aside if you just cut back on his reps so that's not a bad idea jacob that really actually is good So maybe that's what they're doing, I hope.
1: I I have a feeling it is because you don't want to risk being limited to just two of your normal four starting wide receivers. And it could go down to one. I mean, right now, Deontay Johnson is the only one who isn't dealing with a shoulder surgery or dealing with a, a looming groin or hamstring injury.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I think the more that you can take care of these guys, the more that you can, uh, shall we say, as Jason from uh, New Hampshire would say, right. to baby step it, <laughs> since we're also talking Bill Murray you know, said, and, and Max. But you know, the thing is, being able to take some reps off these guys is going to be important. And certainly one of the things that you can do is limit it in practice. So we'll see. Hopefully today the practice report will come down. The injury report will come down, and we'll find out more along where they are. But having a a Chase Claypool look, that was a monster game he had last week. I mean, I've been waiting for Chase to come along and have more of these monster games. He's the guy that, you know, you look over there, you see a DK Metcalf, uh, you know, out there. You see a Cortland Sutton. Well, he's that guy for the Steelers. He's that physical Guy that can come off and do those things. I mean, think think about DK Metcalf. That dude is almost 240 pounds. I mean, are you kidding me? 200. That's that's a wide receiver in a tight end's body with wide receiver speed.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you and get
0: you get your go ahead.
1: You no, know, I was going to say it doesn't. It shouldn't shock anyone that Najee Harris and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, because let's not forget his 50 yard touchdown to start the game. All had big games in the same week. That's what we think. That's what we were saying in the off season that this offense is capable of doing that more than one guy can have a big week. And last year it was, well, which receiver is it going to be because there was really no run game that was effective. And there was no one guy you could turn to in the ground game to say, well, I think it's going to be him. But with Najee Harris being a factor that opens up the pass game. And yeah, like, like you, Wolf, I was waiting for Chase Claypool to have that breakout game and I'm impressed, and I'm sure you were, the fact that it came one week after being sidelined with that groin injury against Green Bay.
0: Yes, you know, because sometimes what you got to do when you get pulled off the field, you got the injury, you sit out, and you realize again the intensity that you sit there on the sidelines. You go, I miss this game. I want to be a part of this game. Mm-hmm. I want so bad. And sometimes it's a little attitude adjustment. Not that he needed it. All I'm saying is sometimes those things fit in arbitrarily where you're not, it's not anything intentional, but you realize when you sit out, you want to be a part of that, being that group and being that guy out there. So, you know what? Um, I think right now they're in a good place. I'm waiting to see what the injury report will be today. If they will be full go, I would anticipate, hopefully they will be full go because you don't do a lot on Friday. So, other than that, I think, you know, this is it's a good break for him. And by the way, we are going to take a break. And you're listening now to Wolf and the Ninjas because Jacob is out from behind <laughs> the, the, the the board and Uncaged. he's in the studio. Uncaged like a lion. All right, we'll be back after this, folks. <laughs> This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Is there anything better than Fat Guy Friday? You know, I mean, one of the things I love to do on a Fat Guy Friday is on my way home from the studio generally normally when a normal week. Uh, yeah, what do you, do you, know, you know, I love yourself too Yeah, you know, a little Moe's Southwest Grill, maybe mm. a little Chipotle. You know, there's nothing like going uh, a little Mexican food there on your way home. Wolf, I don't know if you knew
1: this. Chipotle, for a limited time, I don't know how how much longer it's going to last, they started putting on smoked brisket as a meat
0: option. Guess what? I've already had it. I
1: bet, you know, (laughs) who am I to think that you didn't know about this deal? (laughs) What am I thinking that I was trying to get you in on some insider information regarding food?
0: Well, here you are. You are a rather slender-fied dude. I mean, I have to admit, okay? So, you, you, you know, you, you might not be aware of all the ins and outs of Fat Guy Friday trappings, you know, that, that go along with I'm, being a hefty guy. I'm a, a, a little insulted guy.
1: then that you, you clearly knew about this from the get-go. I wasn't made aware.
0: You know, I, 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 I apologize. That should have been something I, we should have discussed on earlier you know, and maybe pre-production meetings, you know. Hey, by the way, Jacob, what, what are you going to do on a Fat Guy Friday? Right. I say we go, we, we go hit Chipotle forget, with a little brisket.
1: Forget injury reports. <laughs> forget scouting reports. I need to know what I'm having for lunch on my Fat Guy
0: Friday. <laughs> Jacob, hang with me, brother, and I will add poundage to you. I'm you know, sure. the one thing I always, you know, the touch when he and I first started hanging out together uh, doing radio. You know, after a couple of seasons, he'd come back and, he'd get he'd you know, he'd get his physical. And he'd go, you know, the one problem with doing radio with you, he says, I hang out with you. And by the end of the season, I'd gained weight. My cholesterol's gone up. My doctor watched me, you know, and it was really funny just because, oh, well, what are you going to do? Oh, it's Such the same, same
1: thing for me. I mean, I'm not even spending time with you. You know, we get Calientes <laughs> every Sunday. Uh, As part of the crew, they feed us every game game day, and oh my gosh, Wolf, the pizza that they give us, it's, I mean, you see it here, the leftovers, they give us like five pizzas, there's only like four guys Uh, working here, you expect four guys to to (laughs) eat that much food, and they give us like 50 wings on top of it, it's a ridiculous, inhuman amount of food, I say it's inhuman, meanwhile, that's what, like a Tuesday night for you? Yeah,
0: (laughs) you know, that's beautiful because that's one of my favorite eateries. I mean Calientes. That's another place to go and be able to sit down because let me tell you something. And and, and this is this is uh, absolute truth. The secret sauce down there also is their burgers. I mean, you've told I me can't that many look. times. They got a burger all. Oh, they got terrific burgers. The problem you know, it's so. not, it's
1: not necessarily a problem because no. we don't we don't get to, no, no no, we don't get to pick our menu. They surprise us and it's always with great options, the pizzas that's the one thing is that I can't say like, oh, could you guys throw in a burger for me? So I have to go there on my own. <laughs> but, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm sure to do it one day, but the surprises that we get from Calientes are never bad surprises. That's
0: no, it's they've always got something cooking. And believe you me, if you want to go and you want to treat your missus, there's some good eating and some nice atmosphere. I got I to get, you know, get
1: me a missus first. Wolf. that's step. one. Yeah,
0: down. there you go. I have one. You know, and I will say this, uh, that's our date night. We head over to Caliente's. That's a great time. All right, so getting back to the injury report after talking about something that's so near and dear to my heart, such as (laughs) Caliente's and Fat Guy Friday, you know what I mean? All right, so we got Cam Sutton, who was also a groin demo casualty, all right? He missed the Denver game as well, but he's up and at him apparently and looks good to go for Sunday. He's got two Full participation practices this week. Now, this is huge, Jacob, because they're going to need Cam Sutton back in the saddle. You know, you take a look at Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, as we were talking about earlier. These guys, they can make any corner's day miserable all by themselves. They
1: can. And as we talk about Cam Sutton, can we talk about an injury report from the Seattle Seahawks side? I don't know if you saw this. DK Metcalf did not participate yesterday for Seattle and their practice on Thursday. So Ooh, you not only have, did not. you not only have cam Sutton becoming more and more likely to play for you on Sunday, but also tipping the scales is that DK Metcalf possibly may not suit up on Sunday. So obviously you want cam Sutton out there, but now, if you have Camp Sutton available to you and the only legitimate receiving option Seattle has is Tyler Lockett, that is going to spell a very easy day for the secondary as a whole.
0: Well, I wouldn't say easy. Easier well, is always easier, the word we got to use. Easier, yes. <laughs> See that, yes, that is that
1: journalistic – was... and not journalistic <laughs> – mindset that you can instill on to me you have all these principles that in these life lessons for for being such a, a a seasoned veteran in the world of journalism that I just continue to learn from so thank you for that <laughs>
0: lesson you know that's how it's handed down the locker room see You have the mentor, you have the mentee, right? And the mentor usually means he's old, (laughs) you know, there's a reason he's a mentor Uh because he's old, right? I mean, that's the way it happens. So exactly. But here's the thing about it. You know, DK Metcalf is such a phenom. You look at him, he's got a 15.3 average. I think it is per catch. Uh, Again, that guy, that big running around the secondary can create real problems. Look, the Steelers yes. have had problems when you got two highfalutin receivers. I mean, that's that's an issue because if you, you take if you got one guy, you can take one guy away. But two guys means that you know it's difficult to take away two guys completely. And they do have a decent running attack. I mean, let's not overlook the fact that Seattle is capable. You've got they are, Alex Collins.
1: They are right? without Chris Carson, their starter.
0: Right. Right. There's still, I mean, I watched that kid Collins. He's number 41. You watch him on tape. I saw him last week. He had a nice touchdown run. I don't know. It was 10, 12, 15 yards out. But, you know, he's he's not Chris Carson, but he's still, you know, he's still four-yard capable type of guy. You know what I mean? And so there's always that aspect of the guy, of that of his game, that you have to be aware of. But the, the thing about DK Metcalf, I didn't realize it's a foot and that he, he didn't practice yesterday, that's uh, that's kind of big news.
1: It's, it's, it's huge news because if you already have, if you're Seattle, you have one hand tied behind your back with Russell Wilson not being in, and you're limited to Geno Smith. Now you have two hands tied behind your back if you're without DK Metcalf, and how about a leg tie behind your back if you're without Chris Carson? <laughs> I don't know many teams that can overcome losing their starting quarterback, wide receiver, and running back for, for one game.
0: Well, that, you, you make a great point. And one of the things that you've got to do is make sure that you exploit those points. And exactly. one of those ways is going to be – one of the things I will tell you and what Pittsburgh's got to be ready for is to come full volume. Because you think about it, Geno Smith. Not having started a game since what 2017, I think, I think if I you go back, I think 2013 was when he was playing as a starter or at least playing more regular in the in the league. When so he was A hostile of oh, Geno Smith. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing: you want to be able to make sure that when he comes to the Sunday night, it's a rowdy, loud loud, loud, loud crowd. You know, you want to make sure that you give him the full Heinz Field treatment of loud and rowdy fans to create as much chaos for him as possible. If you've not been in the saddle since 017, that was his last start, I think it was. If you've not been playing regular uh, in NFL stadium since 013, um, there's that tendency to get a little rusty, you know, and you might not be as... I don't know, up on some of the code words, the adjustments, the last second things that game speed brings. Because I don't care what you do in practice. You can never replicate. You can't fully replicate game speed in practice speed and a practice tempo. It just can't be done.
1: No, it abs- you're absolutely right. It can't be. And it's going to be very hard for Geno Smith to adjust because – we saw what he did. It was in a very limited sample size last week against the Rams. He only came in at the end of the game at the fourth quarter. And I don't know how much of that game you watched, Wolf, but in a clean pocket, unforced error through an interception which sealed the game for the Rams. The Seahawks had a chance to come back and have a game scoring or or game winning or game tying drive at the end there. But it was an unforced error which leads me to be – very optimistic for the Steelers' ability to take advantage of of playing against him, and if you're not forcing him into errors and he's still making them, imagine what's going to happen when he has Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt attacking him, uh, a, a a a huge a huge presence from both of those guys sure. that could easily disrupt that pocket. Like I said, he's forcing that error on his own. Imagine what's going to happen with T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward sneaking into that backfield with no Chris Carson as a legitimate check-down option, with D.K. Metcalf not being able to get open down the field, only looking for Tyler I like bucket. it. Yeah, I think, I think this is a, a, a very fortunate circumstance for the Steelers to face off against what typically is a very good Seattle Seahawks team, but this week that is not going to be the case.
0: Now, do you happen to know was that game in Seattle last week?
1: Uh, that or was game, it
0: in LA. I believe. I,
1: I don't know. I thought it was Off in the Seattle. Top of my head. I, you know I, what? I think you're right. Off the top of my head, I think it was in Seattle. So there yeah, you go. I'm, I mean, I
0: recall. You are
1: correct. It was in Seattle. So there you go. You're on the road. It's a it's a nationally televised game in Pittsburgh. Huge home field advantage with Heinz Field and that crowd. When renegade plays, if I'm, if I'm Gina Smith, I'm going to be afraid.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. I think, you know, you might even want to think about firing that baby off a couple of times. They've done it before. that's,
1: That's the one thing. Wolf. I never understand why on every defensive possession, why they don't fire renegade off in the fourth quarter, they should be playing that every single time the defense takes the field right before that happens.
0: You know, Ed is so much fun. One of the things I've always loved about watching Renegade and what it does on the field, especially being down on the sidelines as I was for so many years, oh, right. I enjoyed watching the interaction. If the opponents, you know, are out on the field and they're in the huddle, how many of the guys in the opposing huddle would watch the jumbo trap? Mm. Because normally what you see is guys turn their backs to it, they'll stay in the huddle, they'll keep their head down. Now, some guys who are Long time, you know, double digit years. When they come in, they'll they'll watch it, and you'll see a couple of them. They'll like, uh, you know, point to it stuff like that. But for the most part, most of the guys, uh, you'll see them. They, they don't the one don't want any part of it. They don't even want to watch it. No, they don't even want to know about it.
1: There, there's no other team that uses something like the Renegade to pump up their crowd, and you got to think it's it's going to be intimidating for Geno Smith to play against it. Uh, again, on a Sunday night football type of field, of type of game scenario where the whole country is watching, but you know the Steelers' home crowd is going to be a factor in terms of his uncomfortability in the pocket.
0: Yes. It's like uh, that great uh, psychiatrist once said, uh, Ray Nitschke. He said, it is my, my job to make the patient uncomfortable. Oh, wait a minute. Is that Nietzsche? I can't remember. Some, I think we had write the first time. I think he had <laughs> the first time. Ray, Ray Nitschke, yes. All right, got to go to break. That's the first hour of wrap. It's Jacob and me, Craig Wolfley, in the locker room.